Uh, Tonight for our gospel reading, rather than um, just me reading the gospel to you, I asked nine of our church families if they would help me tell the Christmas story tonight. And so I asked them to uh, film themselves, their kids, uh, and to record different parts of the gospel reading from Luke 2, which we put together into this video. One, two, three. Ready, set, go. Ready? The Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. The city of Bethlehem. Bethlehem? Bethlehem! Bethlehem! Because he was descended from the house and family of David. <laughs> he wanted to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She was having a baby. She was having a baby! She was having a baby. (laughs) And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields. Taking care of their flock overnight. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. Terrified. They were so afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, everybody. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly, 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 there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest peace on earth. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. She held them in her heart. She held them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The Gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays!
Okay, is that it? I had so much fun editing those, those videos. It's great. Well, grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Tonight we pause once again to marvel together at this thing that happened in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. A night that changed the world, a night that changed our lives, a night of wonder and hope and mystery and joy. We know this night is special. That is why we have come, to hear the Christmas story again, to sing the songs, to feel the goosebumps as we sing Silent Night by Candlelight, to reclaim, if only momentarily, the innocence of our childhood the optimism and hopefulness of what may seem like easier or better times, to remember the meaning of life, and to hold on to the belief, some of us strongly and some of us more tenuously, that there is a God, a God that loves us completely, unconditionally, and fiercely, so much so that God would give us the thing that He loved the most, His Son, born to us this night. We come to reimagine what the world and we ourselves would be if this were true. Later tonight, trees will be lit, stockings will be hung, and presents will appear under the tree. And tomorrow, our weeks of planning and preparation will be unraveled in seemingly a matter of minutes as waves of wrapping paper cover the floor and empty plates are stacked in the dishwasher. But for now, it's quiet and it's still. For now, the joy of Christmas Day still lies ahead of us. The mysteries of what this year's Christmas will bring have not yet been revealed. And the gifts of this Christmas, both physical and spiritual, await us. And even though not a single present has been pulled out from under our tree, I already know what my favorite gift will be this Christmas. It's a lawn sign, a very different kind of lawn sign that we've been accustomed to seeing this year, a sign that some old friends, some good friends sent to us, a simple homespun sign with a multicolored heart and just two words, love harder. They probably didn't intend it as a Christmas gift. In fact, I know that they didn't, but for me, that is what it has become. And it seemed the perfect addition to all of our Christmas decorations of lights and trees and candles and snowmen and nativity sets. They sent it because, you know, it's been a tough year, a tumultuous year, a trying year, an exhausting and bruising and challenging year. And this sign, this gift, exhorts us to respond to it not with cynicism or self-pity or despair, but as it says, to respond to the world and its challenges and problems by loving it harder, by giving more and not less of ourselves, by knowing our neighbors better and loving them more. This sign is a reminder to us as we leave our house and as we enter back in that our job, our mission, our call is to love our family, 
and our neighbors and our country and our world harder than we ever have before. As Bert Bacharach once sang, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. And this year, our family intends to do our part to change that. And this seems to me to fit perfectly with the story of Christmas. And it all starts with God. Up until this fateful night some 2,000 years ago, the story of Scripture, the story of God and God's people, followed a particular pattern. God would make the rules, and then the people would break them. God would send the prophets to bring people back around and remind them of the consequences if they didn't follow through and comply with God's law. The people did a little better, but then again they disobeyed, and judgment and punishment ensued. Apply, rinse, repeat for several thousand years. Now, if you know anything about kids, that pattern may sound familiar to you. (laughs) Parents create the rules, kids break them. Parents warn, kids keep breaking them. Consequences ensue. But if you know anything about kids, you also know that in the long run, that pattern is simply untenable. It breaks down and leaves everyone feeling bad. Rather, what I have learned from my kids is that it's often much more effective to sit down and to talk or do something fun and then come back around to it. And sometimes you just have to declare a general amnesty and forgiveness for everything and have more compassion and understanding for what they are going through. And to remember that an 8 or a 10 or a 13-year-old can only manage so much. That parents can only manage just so much. And this is the lesson that God finally learns as the parent of God's people. And with a change of heart worthy of the Grinch when his heart grows three sizes or when George Bailey realizes in It's a Wonderful Life just how truly blessed he is, or when Scrooge wakes up Christmas morning and realizes there's still time to change, or in Elf, how cynical New Yorkers sing out on the street and lift Santa's sleigh. God's heart breaks open. God decides to try something new, something different. I believe at Christmas, God decides to love harder. God decides to do something different, to become vulnerable, to place his son, his most valued possession, in the hands of the very people that for millennia defied and disobeyed and stumbled along in their attempts to be faithful, God decides at Christmas not to remain up above us, but comes to be with us in Jesus. And the Christmas story only happens because the people in the story decide to love harder. Mary decides to trust the angel when it announces that she's found favor with God and that she'll bear God's son. Joseph decides to trust Mary and not dismiss her because she's pregnant and they're not yet married. They undertake this journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem together only to find no room, but some kind soul takes pity on them and gives them the only room in the city that was left, a stable, which they shared with the animals who offered their food trough as a crib. Angels appear to the shepherds who leave their flocks that are in their care behind to see this thing that had taken place and make known what the angels had said. And later, wise men from another land will come and bring gifts to this child and this family, complete strangers that they never met before, guided only by a star. Everybody in the Christmas story had to love harder to make the story happen. And that is why this night holds such 
a special place in our hearts. In this story, we see what is best in us on display in these characters, and it gives us hope, and it inspires us. In a year where it feels like we have seen so much of the worst of humanity, in this season and on this night, we see the best. And so I ask you, how will you love harder this year? How will you love the world into being a better place? How will you shine the light of Christmas into the dark corners of the world? How will you carry and share the hope that you feel tonight, tomorrow, and into the days ahead? Well, let me make a suggestion. This year, don't wait until New Year's Day to make a resolution. Do it now. Make a Christmas resolution. You know, New Year's resolutions are almost always about ourselves, and they're often woefully mundane. But a Christmas resolution, it would seem to me, like the Christmas story, would be a resolution about and for others. It would be a resolution that we make for the sake of others and for the sake of the world. What would your Christmas resolution be? How can you love the world harder this year? Because the Christmas story is not just something that we're supposed to let wash over us and make us feel good. It's a living story that we remember tonight that we are a part of, a story that is lived out every day. Tonight we hear the beginning of the story, but tomorrow and each tomorrow after that, we write the next chapter of it. What will your verse, your chapter, your contribution, your resolution be, your Christmas resolution? You know, my uh, favorite Christmas carol is um, an odd one, Good King Wenceslas. And I love it because it tells a story about how we put our Christmas faith into action. It's based on a real-life person, Wenceslas I, the duke, not king of Bohemia, that lived in the early 900s. And he was so known for his kindness and charity and faith that he was beatified and made into a saint. And the song actually takes place on the day after Christmas, on the feast day of St. Stephen. And you probably know the first verse, but the song in the story might get a little fuzzy after that. But this is how it goes. The king looks out the window and sees a poor man far from home gathering wood for a fire. And the king turns to his page, his servant, and asks about this man. And the king, moved with compassion, sets out in the cold, dark, snowy night to help the man taking food and drink and fire logs. And the page follows along. And as they walk, the page is beset by the cold weather, and he falters. And the king tells him to walk in his footsteps, to follow in his footsteps, literally. And when he does, the page is warmed through. And the song goes like this. In his master's steps he trod, Where the snow lay dinted, heat was in the very sod which the saint had printed. Therefore, Christian folk, be sure, wealth or rank possessing, ye who now will bless the poor shall find yourselves, shall yourselves find blessing. May we tonight and tomorrow and the next day tread in the footsteps of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men. May we walk in the footsteps of Jesus.
And as we do, may we, like the page in the song, find our hearts warmed, our spirits strengthened for the work that lies before us, the work of loving the world, loving it harder, loving it better, loving it deeper than we ever have before. Amen.